Welcome back to another episode of the Ex-Experts Podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. So welcome to today's podcast, and we have back with us now Julie Verhage, the founder of FinTech Today, and she's going to be talking to us all about credit score, which is one of the most important pieces of your financial profile that you need to have. Um, I mean, it's any time in your life, really, but particularly after going through a divorce, this is something that you really want to have in tip-top shape. So Julie's going to talk to us all about that today. Thanks for coming back, Julie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. back. (laughs) So for people who really don't understand, let's like literally break it down to the basics. And what is a credit score and why does it matter? Yeah, so credit score, there's different bureaus that will um, report certain numbers for you. Um, you might know like a score above 800 is like really, really good. And typically you want to keep it above like 650, 700 and, and higher than that. But it's an input of a bunch of different things. Like remember when you're growing up and you like try to apply for your first credit card and it has to be like this card that has like a $500 limit. It's just like a credit builder thing and stuff like that. It just keeps going on from there. So other things that'll account for it is personal loans. If you buy a car, if you buy a house, if you open other credit cards, all these different things that start to get taken into account. And there's a lot of different pieces of that formula as well with, we don't need to get into all the intricacies of it, but we can share some tips and whatnot that can help you improve that score if you need to as well. So- why do I need to improve my credit score? There's different reasons. So if you have a low credit score, you might have trouble applying for a new credit card. You might have a higher interest rate on things that you apply for. Say you need to buy a new car. They're probably not going to offer you the lowest interest rate possible. If you have a crappy credit score, they might even decline you from buying the car. If you have a really bad credit score, because in their minds, you're less likely to pay that loan back. And that's a big risk for them to take as well. If you have a high credit score, in their minds, you're a good risk and they can offer you a lower interest rate because of that. And that also applies for, um, you want to buy an apartment, you want to rent an apartment, you know, you want to get a new Mm -hmm. credit card in and of itself. Like all of these things that someone who's getting divorced now kind of has to take these steps on their own everything really just comes back to the credit score. So talk to us a little bit about some things that people might not know that could actually negatively affect your credit score. Cause it's not right. just about paying your credit card bills off in full. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I'll give you a good example. I have a very good credit score. Knock on wood. That just stays that way. <laughs> Congratulations. <And> <laughs> my husband does too but he's less of a good credit risk because he's only applied for like two credit cards in his entire life. And he didn't take out student loans or personal loans or anything like that before. Whereas me, I've always paid off my credit cards, but I've also had a number of them throughout. Like back when I was little and I shopped at Kohl's a lot, I got a Kohl's card. I think I had an American Eagle credit card at some point because they were like, oh, save $50 today if you apply for the credit card. Um, so when we went to buy a car earlier that, or earlier last year, um, they we did it on his, and my credit went through right away, and his was a little bit more of um, like back and forth, just because while his score is good, he's not taken out that many loans or anything before, so it's still a little bit tricky for that um, bank to approve it. They eventually did. But that's a good example of like, he, in his mind, he thought that the reason that his score was good, like he's only ever had one credit card. He's always paid it off. Like I must be a fantastic credit risk. 
Whereas me, I've had like 10 credit cards before and I've always paid all of them off. So I'm the even better credit risk because I've completed all of those. Like multiple times I've taken out loans in some form and easily paid them back without any late payments or anything. So just a quick follow-up. So like if someone is in the process of thinking about getting divorced or they're like just starting the process, but they're not divorced yet, maybe a good tip would be apply for a credit card now Mm -hmm. while you're still in your relationship. And then you can kind of start your credit history, charge a couple of things a month just so that you can pay it off. And that can help build your credit score. So you're not sort of stranded when you're alone after the divorce, no? Totally, totally. Yeah, that's a very good point. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is a piece of your credit score is your credit utilization. So whatever your credit limit is combined on all of your credit cards or whatever loans you have, the percent that you're actually using of that each month has a big impact on your credit score as well. If you're using like most of that every single month, that's gonna lower your credit score. If you're only using a small portion of it, that betters your credit score. So having a few credit cards is actually a good thing versus having one as well. So what if you've never worked and you were in a marriage and now you're getting a divorce and fine, you took out a credit card while you were married, but that's still just one credit card. What are some tips that you could give someone in that situation so they can build credit, so they can rent an apartment, they can lease a car. Um, And then the second part of that is what else do you need your, would they be checking your credit for, for you for living expenses? Right, so I would highly recommend going to something like a Credit Karma, which can help you figure out which credit cards you would be approved for. Cause if you apply for a credit card and get denied that can ding your credit credit score. Mm. So you don't want that to happen. Um, so someone like that giving you like a 90% certainty that you'll actually get approved is really helpful. Um, and what I would keep in mind is you're probably not going to get a very high credit limit on it. Your APR or the interest rate that they charge you is probably going to be pretty high. So make sure you're not using up most of your credit every month and you're paying that off each month because that can quickly impact your credit score in a good way. Um, and other things that you would apply for that you would need, it would be, like I said, a loan, an apartment, a mortgage, a car. Um, I mean, you guys might know too, are there certain, th- like I've only bought in some, I've never even bought an apartment before, obviously I'm still fairly young in New York city, but uh, what other things come to your minds just from I, applying and needing it? I think that what you're talking about is probably pretty much covers the gamut, but I feel like some things that people really need to be aware of are things that you may have like almost forgotten about or that you kind of blew off at some point. Like I remember a long time ago and thankfully it didn't hit my credit score because I have a good a credit score. But, you know, it was like one time I, like I randomly had gotten a, I don't know if it was like a doctor's bill or just like something. And it was really small. It was literally like probably less than $50 but somehow it tracked me down from someplace else that I had lived or whatever. And it was like the red notice on it. Like we've submitted this to the credit agency because it was an unpaid bill for an extended period of time. And I feel like this is the conversation to tell people like now is not the time to not pay bills and to not necessarily call and try to see if you can negotiate some sort of a payment plan. If you feel like you don't have the cash or the, you know, the funds to take care of what your expenses are right now, you need to call different places and try to get on some kind of a plan in order to do that. Because once someone submits 
a bill to a credit agency, like that's no good. Mm -hmm. Totally. Credit Karma can also help with that actually too, because anytime there's a ding on your credit history, or if you apply for a new credit card, you'll almost instantly get an email from credit card. If you uh, credit karma, if you're a user saying like, did you apply for this? If not go file a dispute or like check that there's no identity theft right away. So it's also an awesome tool for something like that too. Cause obviously if someone steals your identity or anything that could really mess up your credit score. So doesn't your credit also go down if multiple places check your credit? Like I was just thinking what if I'm buying a house and leasing a car at the same time. So I have a few different people checking my credit score at the same time. Why does that hurt me if, I am, if I'm venturing into an opportunity to have good credit risk and be an even better like credit person for you? Mm-hmm. Why are you going to hurt my credit score for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the good news is usually it'll ding it for uh, a few weeks and then it'll come back up. Usually, okay. I think when my husband got the car, it dinged it by like 30 points or something like that. And then you check it a month later and it came back up again. It's just like, it doesn't want you applying for like five different things at once. So usually whenever there's a hard credit check, there's a little bit of a ding, but it'll come back later, assuming you don't miss payments and stuff like that in the meantime too. Can you- Yeah, I don't know exactly why it dings it right away. I think it is just purely because they don't want you applying for a bunch of different things and knowing that a hard credit check can ding it prevent you from wanting to apply for a bunch of different things mm-hmm. would assume the reasoning but there might be some other math behind it too that I'm not thinking of you just brought up a phrase that I've heard before and other people may have also and not be sure what it is a hard credit check versus mm-hmm. a soft credit check can you tell us a little about the difference yeah so a soft credit check would be something like when I log into credit karma and they're just telling me my credit score they're never doing a hard credit check But if you apply for something like a car, a mortgage or something where they're going to do a deep dive into it, that's a hard credit check and that will ding it. Soft credit check never dings your credit score. So what should someone be keeping track of um, in order to make sure they have the most ideal um, credit score? And is there a preferred number of credit cards that you should have or like a preferred number of things like that that are kind of in that sweet spot um what is the perfect portfolio (laughs) for getting good credit that's right Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna portfolio (laughs) the perfect portfolio I wish I knew the exact answer to that I'm sure there's some weird math around it based on how much you're spending each month and whatnot but I would say have more than one credit card ever maybe like at a time you only need to have like two but don't only keep those two forever. Keep them for a while. Don't like open one and then close it six months later and open a different one and then just keep recurring that. That's not going to help you either because the life of your credit also has an impact to it. Um, Other things would be, again, like I mentioned, the credit card utilization. So the percent of your credit limit that you're using each month, keep that below like 10%, which should be pretty good. Um, there's going to be some months where if you're moving and you buy furniture, you bought that car and you paid a lot of it off all at once, something like that could make it go higher one month, but one month out of a 12 month year, isn't going to make much of a difference. It's those other months where you're consistently only spending, you know, four, five, 6% of that credit limit. That's really going to help. Um, and then having like two to three credit cards at a time, spending a little bit on them. I mean, you can maximize it for rewards and stuff too, if you want. So one might be really good for travel. One might be really good for groceries. One might be really good for entertainment. 
sort of keeping that in mind too, because not only can that help your credit limit, but that can help you earn a few extra bucks and rewards and stuff too. I love my Amazon rewards because <laughs> I do too. That that's too. become like my worst credit card, best for credit, worst for me. It's like ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and then I look at my credit card and I'm like, holy crap, that's hundreds <laughs> of dollars, and then I get fifty six dollars yeah. back, which mm-hmm. I enjoy, even though it's only fifty six. Same thing with my Amex. I like that I can check off. Because I used to use the points for travel, but it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just, it doesn't make sense. So I'd rather cancel out a few hundred bucks on my credit card bill than, you know, wait around for a trip in 10 years. But does yeah. that hurt your credit at all? The ca- cash back stuff? No, no, that wouldn't impact it. So what about, you had mentioned before, like when you used to frequently shop at Kohl's or other stores, every store has their own credit card, right? For you be like part of their loyalty program, whatever it is. Um, What's your take on that? You know, applying for those kinds of cards at, you know, whatever Gap and and department stores and things like that. Uh, Don't do it all the time, but doing it like once every couple of years when you get a good deal and you know it's going to be a place that you're going to be shopping feel free to do that. The only thing I would say to keep in mind is sometimes they'll do that and there might be an annual fee. So for instance, American Express has a deal with Delta where you get the first year free and like $200 off your flight. And then after that year, it's a hundred dollar annual fee or something like that. Just make like a little notification in your calendar to make sure that like, if you do want to close it after a year, you can. And that's also why I say don't do that a bunch because the life of your credit history is really important too. So if you're constantly just closing things after having it for a year, that's not a great idea. What's your take on when someone really can't pay their bills off in full every month? Um, is there a, like a particular sweet spot in terms of what percentage or how much of it? I mean, you know, it's like you, you, whatever, maybe you owe $3,000 and it's like the minimum payment is 30. Like, can you really get away with paying 30 or is there a specific amount that you should really be aiming for every month in order to keep your credit score as high as possible? Yeah. I mean, another option would be putting it all, consolidating it into a personal loan too. Someone like a credit car karma or a tally can help you with that. Tally is an app that can basically consolidates all your debt, pays off your credit cards for you in a priority list where your higher APR is gonna get paid off first. So essentially it makes it so you don't have to do the math in your head and it's gonna make sure you have the, you end up paying the least amount possible and they consolidate it and give you a personal loan on the back end instead, even though you can keep using your credit cards and whatnot in the meantime. Yeah, but then you have a personal loan and then you owe somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably some sort of check there, but they're paying it off for you instantly in like the right model. They're never going to make it so they forget to pay it off and you have a fee because you forgot to pay it off or didn't make the minimum payment and they're doing all of that math for you. And Credit Karma, like I said too, can give you um, a recommendation sometimes of like, well, you shouldn't apply for another credit card, but have you thought of a personal loan to consolidate your credit cards into one payment that is smaller in terms of the interest rate that you pay instead of having to pay off like two or three credit cards instead. So is it better to cancel a credit card you don't use or just let it kind of fade off into the distance? Because I have, I like you at Kohl's, I must have gone into Dick's Sporting Goods and they gave me $50 off. So I have a lot of those that I only Mm -hmm. used once, maybe twice. 
and they're yeah. just kind of hanging out there. Am I better off closing it or just kind of letting it sit empty? I would let it sit for a little bit just so you weren't closing it after like three to six months. But if you've had it for one, well, two, three, four years, you can go ahead and close that and that's not going to hurt you. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, I feel like as always, there's so much more to cover, but this has been chock full of such great information. Really, I think, you know, basic and relatable and understandable for anybody listening who really has to be doing that kind of work on their credit score. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with the X-Experts community. Um, for anyone who kind of wants to see what you're up to and, and get more information on all the FinTech stuff, what are the best ways for them to find you? Yeah, so we have a website, FinTech Today. Um, just Google it, it'll take you to there. We have social media like Twitter and we have a newsletter that goes out too so you can stay on top of little tips and tricks in the space as well as just general news on what's happening too. Awesome. Thanks, Jules. We'll talk to you soon. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all that would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X-Experts, that's E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening.